That song she just sang that that means a lot. We are his people. And friend, let me tell you, if there's anybody who takes care of his people, it's the Lord. The Lord said that he would be a very present help in time of trouble, that we could come boldly before his throne in times of trouble, that the name of the Lord's a strong tower that the righteous can run into and be safe. I mean, it's just over and over and over again, the Lord uh, being there for us and protecting us and watching out for us. And I'm thankful tonight that the Lord is a keeper. He will uh, not only deliver and rescue, but he will keep us, keep us safe, keep us well, keep us where we need to be. And I'm thankful for that. I'm glad for the guiding hand of the Holy Ghost in my life. Amen. Thankful for it. And I'm thankful to see each and every one here tonight. We've got several visitors in the house. Let's give our visitors a hand tonight. We're glad you're with us. Thank you for coming to the house of the Lord and choosing to come and worship with us tonight. We are thankful for that, and I want you to know that I appreciate you very much. I will be teaching more tonight than I will be doing anything, and I, I will not lie, I have a lot of Scripture. But uh, whether I get to all of it or not, we'll see. But uh, if you have a pen or something right where you want to take notes, that'd be great uh, to go back. Uh, there's some things that uh, we just need to learn and you need to know so you know why. Why do you do that? Why is that so important? Why does that even matter? And uh, you know, can't you just believe in the Lord and do whatever you want to do? I mean, just as, but, but there's, uh, God's a God of order. In creation, we see that as, as he spoke things into existence and created. He did things in order, and uh, he tells us to do things decently and in order. God has uh, laid out plans for us and orders our steps. He is, he's not just a, hey, yeah, just do what you want to do, and let's see where that lands. It's, uh, he, he's a God of order. Tonight, Ecclesiastes 12, verses 13 and 14, the end of the book. Uh, and uh, the writer here, very, of course, very wise, a lot of great things in Ecclesiastes, a lot of lessons, life lessons. And as he's coming to the end of this letter, this book, it's not, I'm sure, written into chapters originally as it is for us, but as he's concluding, he writes it out like this. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Sum the whole thing up for me. Tell me what you're saying. You've written all these things. What are you trying to get across? What's your point? His answer is this, fear God and keep his commandments. For this is the whole duty of man. I can tell you today that that has not changed at God's word, this was not written just for people in the Old Testament, but uh, as Paul wrote to Timothy in the New Testament, from a child you have known the scriptures that are able to make you wise unto salvation. And he was talking about these scriptures. They didn't have Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, all these other letters that we read from at that time to uh, reference. He was talking about the scriptures that were inspired uh, which we would call the Old Testament, but it was still God's word. So fear God, keep his commandments. This is the whole duty of man. For God shall bring every work into judgment with every secret thing, whether it be good or whether it be evil. Now, my thought for the lesson tonight is this, life behind the thorns. Life behind the thorns, and you'll see why I said that in just a few moments. So let's pray together and pray for the lesson. Pray for our hearts to get, receive understanding from the Word of God tonight. Lord, we love you and praise you. I thank you for these wonderful people that are in this building tonight. And Lord, now I pray that we'll have ears to hear what the Spirit would say to the church. Speak to us through your Word. Guide us in it, Lord. Teach us. Help us to be better stewards, Lord, of your Word to do what you asked of us and we ask it in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen. And I know you've done this several times, but one more time, clap your hands to the Lord and give him a shout of praise.
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, we thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You can be seated. God bless you tonight. And thank you once again for being in this house. I know I've preached living, you know, in spite of the thorns, serving God in spite of the thorns. Totally different message tonight, not the same thing. But it's something that if you study the word, you'll, you'll see in a moment why I've chosen that title. In this uh, short little passage of scripture, we see a very wise man summing up what God has inspired him to write. And he said, uh, we need a conclusion. We need to, to line this up. So what are you saying? You can talk about God endlessly. But there are some things that you can just say, what I'm, I said, you ever did this? I said all that to say this. I've, I've talked for an hour to get to this point. And, you know, that's, that's how a lot of preachers are. We, we've talked to this for a whole hour just to get to this point. Don't worry, I won't be a whole hour tonight. But uh, so he has said a lot of things, but he said the point of, the, of everything I've written now and I've tried to in, introduce to you is so that you would fear God, not, I'm afraid God's going to hit me kind of fear, not that kind of fear, but instead a reverence for God, that you would learn to love God and trust God and see that God loves you through these things that he has written. That in the word, we should not read the word and be afraid of God. Because uh, fear should produce trust in God. When we are afraid, in what time I'm afraid, I will trust in thee. So we, Scripture says that. So whenever I have a, a fleshly fear, I should turn to God, not run from God. And I will never have to be afraid uh, of God. I can reverence him. And when I read about his love and mercy, when I read about his uh, guidance and uh, the things that he tells me to do or not to do, uh, I can begin to reverence God because I see that uh, God only wants my best. You, it's evident without it being said that if you read how God was through, even through the Old Testament, that it was his desire for his people to always prosper. But he is a God who is, will correct people and he is a God uh, who will... Uh, the scripture said one place, though he is long-suffering, he by no means will clear the guilty. And there are times where people did suffer the consequences of their own choice. But we fear God, we reverence God, and keep his commandments. These two will go hand in hand. You're going to see that in the scripture so many times that wherever someone fears the Lord, that they are keeping God's word. Uh, when they... Uh, uh, one king, when he found out, when they found a scroll and brought it out and read it to him, and he realized how much trouble they were in because they had not been keeping God's word, immediately they turned things around and began to get rid of the, the idols and get rid of the groves, and they began to uh, do sacrifices and things to God again and turned back to God. Uh, they reverenced God, um, and they began to keep his commandments. When they read what was written, they knew uh, this God is for us, and we have not been for him. We need to straighten that out. So when you fear God, you will keep it. If you reverence God, you'll keep his commandments. It just If you don't fear God, you won't keep his commandments. You're not going to keep his commandments just for fun. Nobody's going to do that. And then he says, this is the whole duty of man. This is what I want you to do. Now, there's a lot involved in that, but... If you want me to sum it up, here it is. Fear God, keep the commandments for this reason. In other words, why does that matter? Why do I do, need to do that? Because judgment is coming. And if you want to have success on that day, if you want success in judgment, you will fear God and keep his commandments because God's going to bring every work into judgment. So uh, the, the responsibility of me to fear God and keep his commandments will affect my outcome in judgment. When he, I stand before him and the books are opened and everything I've said and everything I've thought and everything I've done or, or before uh, written down in that book and, and God sees everything, uh, it's going to matter. Did I fear God 
and keep his commandments because God will bring every work into judgment with every secret thing, whether it's good or whether it be evil. That alone is, should be enough to make us think, ooh, I don't want to do nothing bad. I don't want to do anything else that God is going to have to remind me of on that day or that he's going to have to bring up on that day. So, uh, number one, fear God. We must have a reverence for God. This world does not reverence God. This world has lost its fear of God. This country is losing its fear of God rapidly and uh, because they're being taught to lose their fear of God. They, man is... Uh, uh, leading people or misleading people into this fantasy world that we're in control. We're not in control. God is in control. And, and, and people need to get back to having a fear. You know why? Every successful king in Israel was so because he feared God. In our country, the Bible says, every, every nation that forgets God shall be turned into hell. And uh, when we forget God and forget his ways and no more reverence for him, things will never go good. In Psalm 34 and 9, here's just some of the good sides of, of fearing the Lord. Oh, fear the Lord, ye his saints, for there is no want to them that fear him. Sounds very familiar. There's no want. David said, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He was talking about the relationship uh, between a, a sheep and a shepherd. And he said, uh, I reverence this shepherd and because he is my shepherd and I acknowledge his authority in my life and that his protection in my life. And, and, and he writes about the good things. He leads me beside still water. He, he gets me into green pastures. He, he, his rod and staff comforts me. He prepares a table before me in the presence. He, he goes on and on talking about all the great things that this shepherd does. He reverences his God. He, he, he loves him. And so there is no want to them that fear him. Psalm 128 and 1 said, Blessed is everyone. Not, you know, everyone, anybody that will fear the Lord, uh, everyone that will fear him uh, and walk in his ways. Because again, they go hand in hand. If you, if you fear the Lord, you will walk in his ways. You will keep his word. That's what we will do. Uh, according to the writer in Proverbs, and I didn't give you these, so I'm just going to shout these out so you don't, look and say, hey, you didn't give me those, Pastor. Uh, the fear of the Lord is this. In Proverbs 1 and 7, it is the beginning of knowledge. In Proverbs 9 and 10, it is the beginning of wisdom. In Proverbs 10 and 27, it says the fear of the Lord prolongeth our days. In other words, it gives us, it stretches out our days. Uh, in Proverbs 14 and 26, in the fear of the Lord, there is strong confidence. In 14 and 27, the fear of the Lord is a fountain of life. And then in Psalm, oh, Proverbs 19 and 23, it says, The fear of the Lord tendeth to life, or it takes care of your life. And he that has it, has a fear of the Lord, shall abide or live satisfied. Uh, you won't be always trying to fill the, the gap. You'll be satisfied. You'll, you'll be like Paul who said, I can be content in whatever state I'm in. I'm satisfied wherever I am because I've got the Lord on my side and I love him. And that's what this world needs, a revival of the fear of the Lord. Well, we, the, the people are looking for something to fill the gap, to fill the void. Why do I, why do I not feel complete? People ever, you ever, you ever thought that, and, or especially before you came to the Lord, why, do, why don't I just, I don't feel complete. Well, the Bible says we are complete in him, who is the head of all principality and power. When people are without him, they will never be complete. It doesn't matter. The amount of stuff is not about completeness. It's the relationship with God that the completeness comes in. And when we are, we can not have a penny to our name, and be right with God and say, I am complete in him. We could be uh, living on the street, my friend, and still be complete with God because it's not about your shelter and it's not about your bank account. It's about your relationship. It's about that fear of the Lord and keeping his commandments. You know that some people choose to live on the street. There are some, sure, that they have uh, made choices or things have happened and they, they were forced almost into that life. But some, that's where they desire to be. They don't want 
a house. They don't want that responsibility, but they can still be all right with God. You don't have to have a house and a car and, and, a, you know, and all these things to be right with God. So don't ever think that. Uh, listen, he said the conclusion of the matter is fearing God and keeping his commandment. Your life will never be more inconclusive than when you lack a fear of the Lord. Uh, everything will always seem like it's a loose end. It's unraveled. It's never, uh, it's just, it's not working. It's leaking. My life is leaking. It's like I've got this uh, barrel full of stuff, and it's just, but it's always going away. It's just leaking out. It's because we are only complete in him. And that's the way uh, the fear of the Lord has always taken care of people. Having a, a healthy fear of God has always taken care of his people. One of my favorite scriptures is Hebrews 11 and 7 because it shows so much. Uh, by faith, Noah, everybody knows who Noah is. Noah, Noah's ark. Surely you, you've seen somebody's baby nursery with Noah's ark. But if not, you, one of the first things we hear about is Noah. And so by faith, Noah, he was warned of God of things not seen yet. God came and told him about things he'd never laid eyes on, never seen before, and he trusted it. He, he, he believed it because he had a reference. He had a fear of God. When he said by fear, um, he moved with fear. It didn't mean he moved because he was afraid of the flood that was coming. The word fear there uh, translates to a reverence uh, toward God. So Noah, warned of God, he moved with fear. He prepared an ark. That means he did something. He was obedient. Uh, because remember, before the ark was ever an ark, it was God's word. We, we think about Noah went and the ark popped up or, or the Lord just dropped an ark out and said, jump in. No, before it was ever an ark, it was God's word. God commanded Noah and gave him the instruction and said, this is what you must do uh, for, to prepare for what is coming. Well, I can tell you there's something coming and God has in his word plans for us uh, so that we can be prepared and if we would move with fear and keep the commandments well we'll be ready when that next uh, flood when that next catching away comes uh, I want to be ready so so here we have Noah fearing God and keeping commandments and it says that he prepared an ark and it saved his house it saved him, it saved his people, it saved his wife, it saved his children, uh, it, it saved his uh, daughter-in-laws, it, it saved all of them, saved all those animals simply because he feared God and he kept the commandment. It's almost like God, he gives Noah all this stuff, tells him there's a flood coming, this is going to happen, this is going to happen. All right, so what do I do, God? Fear me and keep the commandment. That was the conclusion of it. If it winds down and it's got to be summed up, hey, Noah. And matter of fact, that's what the Scripture says. It says, thus did Noah all according to what God commanded. He did it all. And why did he do it? Because God threatened his life? No. Because God was going to hit him with a lightning bolt? No. Because he reverenced God. The Bible says that Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. And so uh, that fear is important. But what I want to talk to you about now is a word that you will not find in the Bible. I want to talk to you about, the. I'm going to say it because when I say, say it, it sounds like I might be saying another word. But the word is spelled B-O-M-A, Boma. Anybody know what a Boma is? <laughs> a Boma is an enclosure made from thorns. Uh, in many parts of the African Great Lake region and in Central and Southern Africa, you'll find these, they, may, they are made from the thorny branches of the acacia bush or tree. They would make these uh, bomas, these walls, these enclosures for livestock, for their community, uh, as a corral, uh, in, the, in the form of a, a fortified village or camp, they were commonplace in Central Africa during the 18th and 19th century uh, to keep the enemy from coming in to their village. It was a wall of thorns. They lived safely behind a wall of thorns. They could sleep at night behind the wall of thorns. They could raise their families 
behind the wall of thorns. They could keep their livestock safe behind the wall of thorns. They, they used these as protection against lions and predators, and, and uh, they, they were safe and sound behind these thorns. We don't like thorns. If you've got property, you want to clear them. There's ain't nothing worse than walking through thorns, trying to track a deer, walking through thorns. Uh, I, I have almost left animals that I shot because I was like, it ain't worth it. <laughs> uh, tore up, pants ripped, shoestrings, pull your shoestring, boot laces undone, everything. You come out, you're pouring sweat, you're tore up, you're mad. Deer hunting's not even fun anymore. And that's the idea is that we want something that will, you know, I had deer running there. He said, I don't want nobody to get me even if I'm dying. And, you know, the idea of these thorns is that nothing can get through here. So what's that, what's in the, the thorns have anything to do with what you just said? Why, are you just making up something to go along with it? I am not. If you would put Ecclesiastes 12 and 13 back up for me for one time. Let's hear the whole conclusion of the matter. Fear God and keep his commandments. The word keep in Hebrew is shamar, and it means to hedge about as with thorns. Get your, get your Strong's Concordance and check it out. The word means to hedge about as with thorns. You see, the world looks at God's word as a prison. It's a prison. It's a, it, the keeping of God's word is just a sentence to a dull and boring life. It's, you, you preachers preach that stuff to keep us boxed in, to keep us shut in. But the whole conclusion of the matter is this, is that we protect ourselves by keeping or hedging ourselves in with God's commandment. We are not locking people up. We are protecting people from what is trying to get a hold of them, the things that would love to devour them. And you can hedge yourself, your life, your family. And it says, as with thorns, because that's what they used. And that's what they had. And the Lord said, I want you to reverence me and keep me in. Take my word and build a wall of thorns. Build a fortress that nothing can get to you. Build, build something that will protect you and then live of uh, life, uh, you can uh, just stay protected behind. Uh, you, you know, when you fear God and keep the commandments, he said, you'll abide satisfied and you'll, you'll be able to live there. And that's the conclusion of the matter. It's not for us to be locked up. It's for our protection. It's to keep us alive. It's to ensure our safety. His word does not fail. And his word is not uh, a ball and chain. It is protection. It will guard us. It will help us. It will keep us where we need to be. And so when he's writing this conclusion of the matter, after everything he said, he's letting us know that if you fear God and keep these words, it'll keep the other stuff out. It'll keep the other things away. It'll be a hedge around you. As I said, in, in Africa, they would build these things to keep uh, animals, predators out of their villages because uh, you know, lions would come into tents, come into camp, come into huts and, and steal children, attack people or either get into their corrals and, and kill their livestock. So they, they had these thorns to keep those things away. And uh, we have a lion in our life. We do have the lion of the tribe of Judah, thank God. But Peter said this in 1 Peter 5, 8, 9. He said, be sober and be vigilant because your adversary the devil as a roaring lion walketh about seeking whom he may devour. He's looking for a break in the hedge. He's trying to find a way in. They said they would build these hedges around and the only opening would be above. And someone would be on watch and said, the only way that lion can get in is to leap over that and to come in. And, but if he, when he leapt like that, they would be ready and would kill him before he could get in to do any harm. But that, that enemy, the devil, has a roaring lion walking about seeking whom he may devour. The scripture says this, whom resists steadfast in the faith. 
There is no faith without God's word. That is commandments. And so when I keep his commandments, I keep that roaring line on the other side of the hedge. And he can roar all day on the other side of that hedge. He ain't coming past God's word. He'll never get by God's word. If you are keeping God's word, he will not devour you. If, hey, when you are keeping God's word, you, you keep him at bay, you keep your flesh at bay. Because uh, the Bible says to walk and live in the spirit and his words are spirit and life. And when we uh, walk in that spirit and walk in that word and we keep that commandment and keep that word, friend, we have put a wall up that protects us and keeps us not only from that enemy, that roaring lion, but also from any other enemy. It wasn't just animals they were trying to protect people from. You know that uh, in those days that when uh, the people would, would come and steal people, they would kidnap them and, and take them to sell them into slavery. And they would put the, these big walls, and I'm not talking about little briars like we got with blackberry bushes here in Georgia. I'm talking about, you, you know those trees out there, that's, those branches, they got those thorns about that long on them? They, they cut them trees down and stack them and stack them and stack them. And, and Buddy, you don't want them thorns. <laughs> you don't want nothing to do with those thorns. Those are the kind of thorns that, that you go to the hospital for, put your eye out. Uh, you, know, you get stabbed in the jugular with one of them, they'll find you in the field. You ain't, I'm telling you, you don't want those thorns. And so it wasn't worth it to try and get through there because of the damage it would cause to them. And so when we preach God's word, the Bible says that, there's, uh, that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. And how can they hear without a preacher? And I don't want to hear a preacher. You know what that, pre that preacher's trying to lock me up, put me in prison? No, he's not. When we preach, we are building a hedge, not a prison. When we keep his commandments, we are building a hedge, not a prison. Friend, my best life and my blessed life will simply be living for God. The book of Psalm chapter 1. I can never look at this chapter without thinking of my pastor because he, he would quote this psalm so many times. But listen what it says here. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law does he meditate day and night. And because of that, because his delight is in God and God's word and and he meditates on that word and stays with that word. He, he's building a hedge around his life. But it says, he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. It brings forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither. And whatsoever he doeth, it will prosper. But then there's that person on the exact opposite of that. I don't want nothing to do with God's word. I want nobody telling me what to do. Well, the ungodly are not so. They're like the chaff which the wind drives away. Therefore, the ungodly... Listen, shall not stand in the judgment. What did the writer in Ecclesiastes say? Fear God, keep the commandments, because God's going to bring everything into judgment. Every secret thing, whether it's good or bad. He said, but this person who don't care about God's word, he will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous, for the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. Blessed is the man that... Uh, keeps God's word. And God has always, long before this man wrote that in Ecclesiastes, God had always instructed his people so. Uh, I didn't give you this scripture, I don't think, sis. Deuteronomy 10, 12, and 13, uh, Moses speaking to Israel after they had come out of Egypt. He said, and now Israel, what does the Lord God require of thee? What does God require of you now? I've talked to you about a bunch of stuff, so but what's God want? Fear the Lord thy God. Not afraid of him, but reverence God. Think about all he's done. Think about how he's delivered us, how he's protected us, how he's provided for us. Fear the Lord your God. Walk in all his ways or keep his commandments. Love him. Serve the Lord thy God with all your heart, with all your soul to keep. And that word keep is the exact same word in Ecclesiastes. It means the same thing, to hedge about as with thorns. Keep the commandments of the Lord and his statutes, which I command you this day for thy good. 
you'll never live a better life than when you live for God. You might go and acquire everything you think you want in this world, but the Bible says, what shall it profit a man if he gain the whole world? If you get what you want, what does that matter if you lose your soul? What, what, what does it matter if you, you just got everything on your Christmas list because you got checked off? Okay. But what in the world does it matter? What good does it do if you're still empty inside, if you're still miserable, if you're still... Because Jesus said, keep on drinking from these wells and you'll thirst and you'll come back every day. But if you'll take the water of life that I give you, this living water, you will never thirst again. He will satisfy your cravings. He will satisfy your longings. In other words, you shall not want. If you fear the Lord, there shall be no want to him that fears the Lord. Build a hedge. But here's the thing. Fear God, keep his commandments. If we don't read his word, and if we don't study his word, and if we won't listen to his word, and if we won't obey his word, we are lacking hedge material. There is, his commandments are what are connected to this hedge, this hedge of thorns. And so when we try to live our life on our own terms, and when we try to build up, what did Jesus say about a man that is some people that hear my word but don't do it? And they're like a person who builds on sand. And when the storms come, that house falls. But when they hear my word and keep my commandments, oh, well, that house is protected. It, the wind and rain and floods, everything can beat upon it, and it will stand sure. Let me tell you, there's something about, but oh, when you're just trying to, uh, I'm just going to live my best life. I'm just going to do me, and I'm just going to, uh, you know, I'm just going to, let me tell you, you, you are lacking hedge protection. And, and if his commandments are what make up that hedge, when you start removing, uh, I don't, I'm really not sure about that commandment, so. You just made a little hole in your hedge. And the, the devil's like a roaring lion. Let's see, is there a hole here? He's going to go all the way around that camp. I'm going to find the weak spot. Oh, they, hey, there's an opening. Yeah, because they decided they didn't like the scripture that said, that, hey, we shouldn't forsake the assembling of ourselves together. You know all them people, all them people that stayed out of church that said, hey, you ain't got to go to church. They use this virus and this pandemic as a reason to justify sitting at home and not doing nothing. There's a gap. And you know what I see from them people? Because everything's on social media. I see them going farther and farther away from where they were when they were faithful to the house of God. And if you don't think, you know, oh, I'm, not, I, I'm not mad. I'm heartbroken because people that I baptized and saw filled the Holy Ghost and people that I prayed for and worked for and labored for, I watch them now not doing anything like they were doing before. But when you ain't been to church since 2019 or, tw or middle of 2020, yeah, you start out watching online, but that, that fades quick. Uh, now I got to do this and do that and go here and go there. So, all you, so you, there you go, preacher. You're trying to build walls to lock us in. I'm trying to give you a hedge to protect yourself. Let's see what the writer said in another play in Ecclesiastes 10 and 8. He said this. He, if you dig a pit, you're going to fall in it. And if you break a hedge, a serpent shall bite you. You don't want to try and live outside of the hedge of God's word. When you break that hedge, when you get past that hedge, man, you are just a target for the enemy. You're just waiting to get bit. You're waiting to get eaten. You're waiting to get devoured. You know, in the Old Testament, there were cities of refuge that if you were to accidentally kill somebody, you were throwing a rock over a wall and you know your best friend standing on the other side, you conked him in the head, he's out. Well, you didn't mean to do it. There was no malice. There was no intent. It says that you could flee. Of course, Scripture still says eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. And, and if you kill somebody, you're supposed to die. But 
if you didn't mean it, it wasn't murder. It was an accidental. It was, I didn't mean it. Well, you could run and get to that city of refuge. And the avenger of blood could not touch you as long as you stayed in that city. But if you ever walked outside of that city, if you walked out and said, hey, you know what? I'm tired of living behind this. Hey, it's your protection, buddy. Well, you know what? I'm just tired of it. Well, you don't value your life very much. I'll do my own thing. And you could step outside of that city wall and that avenger of blood could find you and kill you and would not be guilty because you took your life in your own hands walking away from protection that God provided. God provided cities of refuge so that people could be protected. God has given us his word and his commandments, and his commandments, the scripture said, are not grievous. They're not hard. It's not hard to live for God. It's not hard to make up your mind and just live for God. It ain't like trying to keep a, a, a diet or a health club membership. There's anything that's impossible. This I'm going to work out every day this year. You forget that. January 15th, you didn't stop. It don't, it, don't, it don't happen. It's impossible to do those things. I, I'm not eating any more fast food. Yeah, right. Till, till you're riding on vacation and that next exit pops up. That's, you know, it, it won't happen. But it ain't hard to live for God. And it's not hard to keep his commandments. Uh, look at what he has done for us. That's why it's fear God. It's not keep the commandments and learn to fear God. It's fear him. And that's the key is that once I learn what he has done for me and how he loves me and how he provides for me, loads me daily with benefits, his mercies are new every morning, his compassion fails not, and all these things that he has uh, helped me with, now it's no problem for me to just say, oh, you just don't, you don't want me to say no evil thing before my eyes? Man, that's a small price to pay uh, for what you did for me at Calvary. Oh, you don't want me to gossip about somebody? Man, that's a small price to pay for what you did for me at Calvary. Oh, you don't want me to steal? You don't want me to, to, to murder? You don't want me to... All these little things, they're just minuscule compared to what he did at Calvary. Yeah. I don't want to live outside the hedge of God's word. Psalm 119, verses 9 through 11 said... Wherewith shall, or in other words, that word, wherewithal. Uh, wherewithal. We'll talk about that later. What is it? Where with all. All's got two L's in it. Wherewithal. Anyway, how shall a young man cleanse his way? How, how can a, a young man fix his life, cleanse his way? The only way to do it, by taking heed according to thy word. And then he says, with my whole heart I have sought thee. Now Jesus, the, the Lord said, he said, you shall find me when you seek me with your whole heart. So I have to believe. I'm not stretching the word. He said, I've sought you with my whole heart. That means he found him. He found out about God. And then after finding out about how good God is and what God's done, his replies, do not let me wander from your commandment. Because there is no, because I understand that what it took for me to find you, I will not find you outside of your word. Oh, you, just, you better hear what I'm talking about. You will not find God outside of his word. You will not get closer to God outside of his commandment. He said, Lord, I sought you with my whole heart. Well, according to scripture, that means you found him. Yes, and now that I have found him, I understand something. Never let me wander from your, do not let me get out from behind this hedge of protection. I've got to stay with you. And then he says, thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. I've built a hedge that will keep me 
from sinning against you, from going against you, from doing the things that are wrong, Lord. I'm going to stay behind the hedge of your word. Friend, we are the sheep of his pasture, it says, and his word is a hedge that protects us from the roaring lion, from sin that does so easily beset us. We need the hedge to survive. That's why the Lord said uh, when he was tempted in the wilderness, he was tempted by that roaring lion. And you know what he used every time? The word. He just stood behind the hedge. He tempted them from the other side of the hedge. If you are hungry, turn these rocks into bread. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Hey, if you are the son of God, throw yourself off this, off this uh, pinnacle here because uh, the scripture says this. And, you know, here, here's your He's going to quote scripture too. But he says, yeah, the Lord says, thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. I'm going to stay behind the hedge. And every time he, he finally, finally, oh, all right, that's it. He departed from him and left him alone. So I can't do nothing with him. I, I, he tried. He, he went all the way around him. But a hedge. It was a hedge. There was no way for me. I can't get him. I can't trip him up. I can't get him because he's behind the hedge. Every time the Lord said, it is written. And what is written will protect you uh, from what uh, wants to kill you, from what there's a great example long, long before uh, Ecclesiastes. Job, wonderful man. Look what it says about Job, chapter 1, verses, uh, let's see where I'm at, 8 through 10. The Lord talking to Satan, roaring lion. Have you considered my servant Job? There's nobody like him in the land, in the earth. He's perfect, upright man, one that feareth God. The Lord knows. He says, Job fears me, and he hates evil. He issueth evil. And so Satan says, well, does Job fear you for nothing? Hast thou not made a hedge about him and about his house, about all that he has on every side? You have blessed the work of his hands, and the substance is increased in the land. Haven't you put a hedge around him? Yeah, there was a hedge. See, the devil thinks that hedge is made up of stuff. It ain't made up of stuff. It ain't made up of those things. And this is where we see what Job thinks about it. Job 23, 8 through 12, very familiar uh, to us. We, we quote this first part all the time. Behold, I go forward, but he's not there. Backward, but I cannot perceive him. He's talking about the Lord. On the left hand where he works, I can't behold him. Hides himself on the right hand, I can't see him. But he knows the way that I take. When he has tried me, I shall come forth as gold. Now listen, we already know he fears God. God said he did. He said, my foot has held his steps. His ways have I kept and not declined. Neither have I gone back from the commandment of his lips. I have esteemed the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. He, listen, Job kept the commandments and it kept him. He lost his stuff, but he did not lose his place with God. And that's why when all this stuff got took away, his integrity was still there because his integrity was in his relationship with God, not in how well he managed his crops, not in how good he was to his children. It was with his relationship with God, and that's why it did not destroy him. That's why he could say, the Lord gave, the Lord took away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I'm still behind the hedge. So when God moved his hand, the hedge was still there. You know, I don't know how else to say it. We've got to live behind the thorns, behind the hedge. We've got to keep God's commandments. The hedge gives us an advantage. Psalm 119 and 98 says, talking to the Lord, he said, through your commandments, you have made me wiser than my enemy. Through the commandments, Lord, you've made me wiser than my enemies. In other words, I'm not going to be ignorant of his devices. I'm wiser than he is. And then he says, for they are ever with me. Friend, there is a constant threat to your soul in this world. They are ever or they are always with me. That means you don't ever want to break the hedge. You don't ever want to 
move the hedge. You, listen, if there's a constant threat, if, they're all, if these things that want to kill you are always looking to get in there, then you don't take a day off either. When you take a day off from the commandments, you have opened yourself up to be devoured by the enemy. They will never, I said it the other night, there will never ever be a right reason or a reason that God will accept to go against his word. And if you wanted to talk to King Saul about it, he would tell you through tears, I'm sure, Exactly, don't ever break God's word because when God told him to destroy all the Amalekites and everything they had and he came out to meet the prophet and said, I've obeyed and kept the word of the Lord and he said, then why do I hear all these animals? Now he had a reason. The people spared them because they're the best and we want to use the best to sacrifice to God. But the scripture says it's better to obey than to sacrifice and to keep God's word. And it would have been better for you, Saul, to just done what God said instead of trying to do your own thing. You could have stayed behind the hedge of God's word and been protected, but he lost his kingdom and he lost his life. Adam and Eve were in paradise, protected by the hedge of God's commandment. Do not eat of that tree that's in the midst of the garden. Don't eat of it. And so the serpent whispered from the other side of the hedge, you won't die. So they broke the hedge when they broke the commandment and the serpent bit and they were cast out of paradise. The Bible said if you break a hedge, a serpent will bite you. A church without a hedge will be infected, infiltrated, and influenced by the world and its ways. When a church gets away from the commandments, everything that's ungodly just finds its way right in. And if you don't believe that, you can look at churches in the world today and see things that God plainly calls an abomination in his word, standing as a watchman, supposedly, over God's people. It just won't happen. We've got to keep the hedge because of the world. I'm, I'm getting close to winding down. Don't worry. I'm getting close to the end because the day that we are living in is, is getting rough. Paul said to Timothy, this know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves. This is what he says. This doesn't sound like people that fear the Lord. Number one, they love, them on, they love their own self. They're covetous, boasters, they're proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy. None of that is like God at all. Without natural affection, truth breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good. They're traitors, they're heady, they're high-minded, and they love pleasure more than they love God. They have a form of godliness, but they deny the power thereof. From such, turn away. For of this sort are they which creep into houses. You know why they can creep in? Because there's no hedge. And they lead captive silly women laden with sins, led away with divers' lusts, ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. So Paul told Timothy, preach the word, be instant in season, out of season. Keep building the hedges. Keep, keep giving them hedge material, Timothy. Keep giving them stuff to hide behind. Keep giving them stuff that they can protect themselves with. Preach the word. Be instant, in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long-suffering and doctrine for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears, and they shall turn away their ears from the truth, and they shall be turned unto fables. That ain't just words that are written to fill up pages. I, I've, I've seen that happen with my own eyes, as you have as well. That people have turned their ears away from truth. And anything else other than truth might as well be a fable. We need to be living 
hedged in, protected by God's word in this last day. You know, there's another place I talked about, mentioned briefly Paul's thorn. When he said, I, I had a thorn in my flesh. You think, well, it was a different kind of thorn, but was it really? Because he said, that thorn was given to me to keep me from being exalted and lifted up and let pride. It, without that thorn, pride was going to come in. I was going to get lifted up because of the abundance of revelations that had been given to me. And so, Lord, take this thorn away. And the Lord said, no, my grace is sufficient. That thorn, Paul, it's, it's there for a reason. And you'll be able to live behind that hedge of thorns. So just keep the thorn there. In those villages, these people, they can sleep at night and they can be at peace because of that hedge of thorns. Before that hedge was up, they had to worry. Stay up, try to stay awake, make sure nothing came in to harm them. But now they could sleep at night and rest and have peace. Psalm 119 and 165 says, Great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. Well, you read a lot of Old Testament tonight, Pastor, and you know, I'm pretty sure that was probably for all those old guys. But what did Jesus say about it? In John 14 and 15, he said, If you love me, keep my commandments. The word in the Greek is tereo, and it means to guard. We think, well, it means to do. What he's saying is that if you love me or if you reverence me, if you fear God, we know who he was. He was God manifest in the flesh. He's not going to say anything to people of that day any different than he did back then. So he said, if you love me, take my word and guard yourself. It means to guard from loss or to guard from injury. But there's also a note in the Strong's Concordance to make sure that we understand that this word is different from the word that means to prevent from escaping. Or in other words, it's different from a prison. It's a, it's a note in, in that you, when you look at it, if you've got one of those strong concordances, it'll be in there. He said, and it makes, makes sure that you understand when you're looking at this word, it means to guard, to protect, to take care of. And it is very different from the word, even though it's similar, but it's different from the word that means to keep shut in, to keep locked in, to... to um, to prevent from escaping. So when a preacher's preaching, he's not trying to lock you down. and keep, He's just trying to give you something to guard yourself from loss, from injury. Because I don't want to see you lost. And I don't want to see you lost. I want to see you safe and victorious and living life for God. I want you to trust Him and trust His Word and realize that these commandments, these things are no matter what we think about it, they are for our betterment because the Scripture proves it out over and over and over and over again. Let's stand together tonight and yeah, but you got to make a decision about it. That's why it's so important. Read your Bible. Read your Bible. Study that Word. Be in church. Hear Hear your pastor. If this is not your church, then be in your church, but hear your pastor preach. If you're somewhere where they don't preach truth, then find your church that preaches truth because you need material so you can build a hedge that'll protect you and keep you and your family safe. While she's playing tonight, open the altars up, give you a moment to come and pray. Come seek the Lord. Find out what His will is. Find out what His word is.
Just say yes to the Lord. Yes to His ways. You know, people are so ready to say yes to heaven. Oh, you want to go to heaven? Yeah. <laughs> well, you don't get to heaven without Him. And you don't get to heaven without His Word. One thing about His Word, we must be born again. Jesus said so. And the Scripture says that we are born again by the Word of God. So, how are we going to get away from keeping His Word? We can't even make it to heaven, can't be born again without His Word. But then if we are, and we obey it, and we're washed and filled with His Spirit, how do we think we're going to walk in a new life without the words of new life? It just don't happen. Two plus two don't equal five. It's going to always equal four, and this word's going to always be for us. Always. So let's keep the word of God. Let's live by his word. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Well, you'll never get a better taste of him than this word right here. Try the word. You'll find out how good it is for you. Thank you for being in Wednesday night service. Looking forward to Sunday. Going to be tremendous. Invite somebody to church. If you hadn't been baptized in Jesus' name, I challenge you to pray about it. And this Sunday we'll be ready to baptize people and see God do some great things. Amen. God bless you in Jesus' name. You're dismissed tonight.